But God got some greater things in mind for you than giving you a car. Things that perish. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God got something in store for us. And I don't want the church to become so worldly minded that when you, God give you a few things, that you settle for the few things that you get and don't comprehend the reason God called you. He didn't call you to give you a car, not even to heal your body. He called you that you couldn't know. Tell your neighbor, he called me, he called me that, I may know. that I may know. Now there's a Hebrew, there is a word in the Greek and the Hebrew for know, and that word is gnosko. That term means to know by experience, not just cognitive knowledge, but know by experience. And God has taken us to the place of experience. And most of the time we get angry, we become uh, discouraged doing that place of getting to know God. Amen. And during that time, we abort the purpose of God in our lives. Sometimes trouble can be your best teacher. God's primary job right now is to get you to know him. Amen. We want to know everything else but him. But he wants you to get to know him. Why? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He wants you to get to know the one that loved you. You cannot know love except in an environment that might not produce love. So you need to thank God for the areas that you've been in when people didn't love you because God was trying to teach you love. You don't know height until you've been in depth. You don't know death. You don't know death until you've been in height. Sometimes God will promote you to drop you. And then when that comes, you got to still tell him, thank you. Oh, Bishop, God will never do that. I dare to differ. I dare if he was to ask Brother Job. The Bible don't record any suffering that Job did at the beginning. He did everything right. And you're going to do everything right and still get dropped. But the purpose of the drop is to get to know him. Uh, Y'all comprehending what I'm saying? So a lot of the stuff that you've been going through in the world of Christendom is to get you to know. You know, sometimes we go to school and thank God, amen, how good God is. And see Sister Brooks back from out there learning. Give God a hand for her being back in our midst. But you don't learn just rehearsing stuff you already know. And she was to go up there and they was to give her some stuff that she took 
in the 12th grade. She's not learning anything. Now, she might look good because she can recite all that stuff that she had in the 12th grade, but she's not learning anything. You don't learn just in remembering what you already know. You learn by putting in yourself or being put in a position that's not familiar with you to you and then let God work you through that and bring you to the place he wants you to be. Amen. What I'm trying to do, so Bishop, what you're trying to do, just in a few words, I'm trying to explain to you some of the stuff you've been going through. I was standing there. I heard the Spirit spoke to me and said, I won't lose no more ground. And what is happening when the test and trials are coming, we keep losing ground. But I wonder, can you just whisper to the person next to you and say, I will not lose any more ground. You see, anytime the enemy put a face on something, we lose sight on what God is trying to do. My trouble may come looking just like Sterling. <laughs> it might come looking like Lady. Your trouble come in so many different packages with different faces on it. But the problem or the trouble is not the end. It is only the teacher. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. And when it came to him going through and the disciples had said, well, he is going to become king of Israel. He's going to take all of these guys that's on the throne and he's going to turn this thing around and we Israelites are going to be in charge again. Jesus looked at Peter after Peter had the revelation God said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, all of us said some say you did something other. Peter, Peter said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. That was a revelation. But right behind the revelation, God turns around and calls him a devil. Why? Because I came to express love. And Peter, you want me to express my greatness. But I did not come to express my greatness. Because had I turned over the Roman Empire and put all of you jokers in charge, you never would have known my love. But because I came and uh, Peter was trying to keep me from my mission and sometimes we got to let some of these people go that's trying to keep you from your mission. Some of them people that's telling you, you don't have to take all of that. No, no, no. Uh, tell them, yes, I do. I, I have to take it. Because God is trying to show me the height, the depth, 
The width, is there something else? And the what? Length. Now, how can God show you that with rehearsing you with all of the familiar stuff that you already know? No. He's going to put you in some very precarious situation. And in that situation, you cannot afford to lose five and ten years trying to get over people. Tell somebody, I won't lose no more ground. I'm all, you know what, I'm, I'm almost finished preaching now. I'm almost finished right now because I found out you, about 10% of what I said, you might remember it. But God says, I'm trying to teach you something. And I can't teach you, Fletcher, carrying you in familiar places. I got to give you, put you in some situation that's totally unlovable to teach you the depth of my love. And what I want y'all to do in this service is go find some of them people that you don't cussed out. Some of the people that you've been avoiding and shunning. Because those were the ones that God sent to be your teacher to teach you the depth of his love. Somebody said, how deep is his love? He couldn't have shown that on the cross. He could not have shown that, amen, on a throne. But when he went on Calvary's cross and went down into hell itself, he said, oh, the depths of the love of God. And God is bringing us to a place where he's bringing us to a place that we can know him in his fullness and his entirety. The love of God by putting us in situation that does not seem so lovable. You know what now? I praise God for everything I've been through. Because you know why? I know how to have somebody to stab me in my back. And then turn around. Wipe my own wounds. And love them. Do you know how to do that? But had I not been through that, I would not have known the depth of that. But because I've been through it, and some of y'all are going through right now. Anybody in here going through right now? You're going through. I mean, this stuff is crazy. I done treated everybody right. But it seems as I'm still going through something. And what God is teaching you is his death. Let me tell you. Love is always proven by suffering. How did Christ prove his love to us? Suppose it's that God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son. Jesus just came on down earth, float across the waters, part the water, and just kept on floating around, healing the sick, feeding the multitude, and just kept right on floating around. And then when the time was ended, just float on up and went on back to heaven. Tell your neighbor, they ain't the float, they ain't the float, it's in the float. It's on the cross. It's on the cross, it's on the cross. And so when God is carrying you right now, and when God is ready to promote you and carry you to a higher place in him, it's always going to be at the cross. It's going to be at a place of suffering. We have some great people in this church. I mean, some of the greatest people I know are right here in Redeemed Assembly. Great people. 
And even in a perfect environment, God is going to let trouble rise, not on purpose, but so that you can know his love, so you can know the depth of God's love. He said that you may be able to comprehend or looking to the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of Christ. He got you there. But you had to make it in your mind. I'm not going to let Sister Blue make me lose no more ground. When Sister Blue come along, I know what she is. She's put there for me to experience the depth, the height, and the width, and the length. And because of that, I'm going to experience this and move on to the next level. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Are we ready to really experience the real love of God? Are we ready to experience it by dealing with unlovable people in un unlovable circumstances and getting to that place where Christ can be number one in our lives? Amen. He wants to love and he wants now right now. He has gone out of the world, but he left you here in the world. Now, what's going to end up happening? The more God uses you, the more he abuses you. Doesn't matter what I just said. And if anybody in here that God been using, you better say, amen. Because see, the first thing God does, if he's going to use you, the first thing God do is kill you. Whew. You mean God going to kill me before? Yes, he's going to kill you. Because if he don't kill you, you're going to get in the way of you. <laughs> amen. So Paul said, I crucified. I die, yet not I, but Christ lives on the inside of me. But in order for Christ to live, he had to kill me. And he killed me, and now I move and I breathe by the life of Christ that's on the inside of me. I want to say to some of these workers that God is, I mean, y'all are really, you don't know how much anointing y'all got on your lives. I'm going to let y'all prove it, though, because... I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let some of y'all just start doing it. But look out for this. Don't think it's going to be flowing and glowing. And everybody's telling you, amen, praise the Lord, go on. Oh, they're going to kill you sometime. I stand up in this pulpit sometime and I preach best I know how. And I want to say, Lord, am I doing any good at all? Is anybody even listening? But what I have to do it's killed my flesh and said, I've done all the thing I want to do. And now God is going to have the rest of it. He's going to do his thing, right? So then you stop trying to make a reputation for yourself. And what you're trying to do is present a gospel that the saints can be made whole. And they become real in Christ Jesus and stop losing ground. Tell the person, I will not lose any more ground. Now, I guarantee you, if you was to examine yourself, some of you in your room now could, I, could say to me right now, I, this is where I should be, but this is where I am. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? This is where I should be, but this is where I am. Why? I've lost ground. The stuff that I should have been jumping over, I've been rabble up in. 
I should have been rebounding. But instead of rebounding, I had cement when I came down. I hit instead of, what do you call that thing? Trampoline, is that what it is? What a thing. Y'all know I'm mixed up. What is it? Trampoline. All right. I, you know, yeah. I got, I got funny words. I call it, I would call it the jumping. But trampoline is what it is. So you jump on that and it will rebound. But if cement is on the bottom, you jump on it, what's going to happen? You're going, right? So Christ is in us. So the higher you go, the harder you come down. Amen? But the harder you come down, the higher you go. Amen? So if God is going to anoint you and really use you, you're going to hit hard. Tell your neighbor, you're going to hit hard. But, tell them, but, one more time, but, when you rebound, you're going higher than you've ever been before. And see, that's what we need to understand. When God put difficult people in your way, start praising God for them. Oh God, you trust me enough with this unloving person. Now I'm going to love that. Yeah, I'm going to love them. I'm going to say. And we start rebounding in love, rebounding in Christ. And the only thing you can do about the lane that you've lost is repent for what you've lost. What makes you lose ground? Doubt. And wanting to keep doing the same thing you've been doing. You know why Israel could not? They kept running around in circles in the wilderness. She wants to keep doing what she's already done. She wanted to keep on eating onions, garlic, and fish. And God said, I want to give you quail on toast. But we, they kept on saying, garlic is in the Bible, right? Garlic, onions, and God knows I want to smell their breath. <laughs> but, but that's what they want to eat. Garlic, onion, and fish. And God said, I want to give you quail on toast. In order for you to get what you've never had, you got to do some different stuff. Amen? Do you know the reason why we struggle so? We keep fighting for the same stuff we've always had. And God is trying to carry us in another direction. Amen? Amen? Are y'all ready? Are you ready? You can lose ground, right? How much ground did Israel lose? They lost what should, something that should have caused them 40 days. Cost them what? 40 years. Did they lose ground? And why did they lose the ground? They wanted something familiar. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm that unfamiliar thing. God is about to bless you with. 
Because we're going to the height and the depth in Christ Jesus. And it's going to happen because of the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. How many of us in here are fighting for old stuff, what somebody else has? We get mad in church because somebody else got a car. How many people got cars in here? Let me see the hands of everybody in here got cars. Got cars. Put them up so I can see them. So that don't make you unique with a car, do it? Now, how many of y'all in here still got car notes? Let me see the hand. You see what I'm talking about? They don't have a free car. They got a car with a note. No note, no car. Amen. So then, I don't want. I don't want what everybody else got. God, I need something different. I'm willing to let God lead me in a way so I can receive the abundant blessings of God. And this is going to be done by God putting you in difficult situations. Have you ever noticed the people in the world that have really gone to fame? Most everybody in the world, I think I was listening to Tyler Perry telling his story and how he had got all his money together, put it in a, in a play, and the play flopped. Now you're talking about somebody who's a billionaire now that slept in cars because it failed. Amen? But he said the failure made him a success. Tell somebody, my failure, my failure. is about to make me a success. Amen. Amen. So, so don't sit there because you have failed and give up your life because you failed. Just get up and try it again. Tell him I will not lose any more land. Amen. So now he comes alongside Oprah Winfrey. And you say, oh, Oprah is a billionaire at least how many times? Five? I think she ran between two and five times. Well, if you're a billionaire one time. <laughs> oh. But once you become satisfied, she was successful at the top of her career before Michelle, she was one of the most powerfulest women, not black and white, in the world. But guess what Oprah decided to do? Get her own network. And she thought it was gonna be easy. She got out there and I was looking, looking at her on the other day on the interview, and she was almost in tears talking about how difficult it was and how she was sorry she'd done it. And she was at a place of giving up. But then came Medea. <laughs> and, and I want to say to you, sometimes when you want something different, you're going to get to the place where it looked like you're about to flop and fail. I'm still talking about the love of God. I'm still talking about Y'all can understand that, right? 
but you're going to get to the place where it looks like you're going to flop and fail. That's the time you're on the springboard of success. Anytime you're going to do something different from everybody else, you stand a chance of losing, but you stand a better chance of being successful. Amen. And that's my sermon for today. See, you never know which way I'm going to go. I might moan, I might groan, I might run, I might just talk. But I give it the way God, and, and I heard that word in the corner, and I think that word was not just for me, it's for Redeemed Assembly. I won't lose any more ground. I won't lose any more ground. Amen. Phyllis, I'm going to go through this thing. Because some stuff in me need to be changed. I can blame anybody I want to blame. But it's some stuff. The reason why God put that person in front of me because I need to change. And I thought I was all right until they stirred up. If it ain't in you, just like this. You made me cuss. I could say curse, but cuss. So we can understand it. But if cussing ain't in you, I don't care how much you stir me up. I ain't going to cuss. If you cuss, it was in you all the time. And you ought to praise God that I brought it to the surface so now you can repent. Amen. Aren't you glad God bring your stuff to the surface? Has anybody had some stuff brought to the surface since you've been saved that shocked you? What did you do? Did you go and blame the person that brought it out? <laughs> you said, I ain't going to run. I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to stand for the Lord. Come hell and high waters. I'm going to stand for the Lord. One little person come along and you don't go on to cussing and doubting and everything else. One person. God wants his people to be blessed. How many of y'all were staying with me today and saying, stand to your feet so I will not lose any more ground. <laughs> Tell them if I'm going to be a great preacher, great teacher, a great healer, a great altar worker, a great choir member, a great musician, I must suffer. I must suffer. Only in suffering can I be sure I have ceased from sin. <laughs> Mother, I ain't gonna lose no more ground. All these years, how much, how much time we done lost, I ain't gonna lose no more ground. Because if the Lord delight in us, He will bring us into this lane and give it us. A lane that does what? Flows with what? Milk and honey. Amen. God bless you.